0: Man, what a what a wonderful day. I'm glad you guys are here today. Just wanted to brighten your day and uh, leave you with that song for you to carry all week long. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, if, if he can sing to the Lord, so can you, right? You know what I mean? So, uh, man, w- what a what a wonderful day. Um, would you guys stand with me? Uh, we're going to read uh, Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. And uh, let me ask, does everyone have a piece of paper and something to write with? Did we get to do that? Um, while, uh, I want everyone to have a piece of paper and something to write with, okay? So, we're going to do something special if a few of you guys will help hand that out. I appreciate that. You guys online, you can drop it in the comments or, uh, um, <laughs> I wouldn't put your name on that. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to <laughs> drop it in the comments. Uh, it'll make sense a little bit later. But, um, I, this is going to be cool. This is going to be fun. <sighs> I'll give you guys just a minute just a minute. Yeah, husband and wives you can I don't know about that. <laughs> what if their uh, what if their problem is their neighbor? I'm just kidding. Uh <coughs> Maybe we should put that singing back on and give y'all some uh, joyful music to to <laughs> while they're doing this. How many of you guys were here last week? There's pretty much everybody here last week, man. We had a wonderful time together. Um, We're going to lean back into that space talking about double peace, shalom, shalom. Uh, The English calls it perfect peace. So uh, does everybody have it now? Everybody good? Okay, cool. Um, Before we get into it, uh, into the message, and listen, I need you to pay attention. So this isn't your chance to build paper airplanes and uh, play tic-tac-toe, okay? Um, Don't do that. I mean, I'm not gonna hate you if you do that, but that's not what this is for, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, what I want you to do is to, today we're gonna be talking about perfect peace, and all I want you to do is if there's while we're talking today, if there's an area in your life where there's worry, there's concern, there's there's trouble there, maybe you're, you you need God to move on that area, and it's and it's a it's a need in your life, and you need I want you to just write it down, okay? I need you to listen, so don't don't tune out and, and write a write a biology report on all the needs in your life. But just when that need arises, just write it down, okay? Is that good? Everybody got a pen? Okay, cool. Awesome. Um so here we are. We're ready on your mark. Get set. We're gonna read. We're not gonna write yet, we're gonna read. So um Isaiah 26 from the New King James Version, verse three and four. You will keep him. In perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Man, isn't that good? Let's pray together. Father, I love you so much we love you and thank you for a heart of a people that sings, We say yes. Oh man. God, I felt like we were in a in a real moment because it reminded me of Isaiah. While he's worshiping, he says, Here am I. And Lord, I think there's something significant when our worship comes from just lauding you to surrendering to you. And so, Lord, we say yes. God of revival, come pour out your spirit in this place and do it among us and in our city. And, Father, right now, we just thank you for this moment. I believe today the spirit of the Lord is going to touch and heal and release grace and mercy and courage and strength. Lord, be you. Just do you today. We're here, and our eyes are fixed, and our mind is stayed on you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. This year, we've been encouraging everyone to embrace a new level of worship and scripture reading and memorization. How many of you guys have have put this into practice? How many of you guys have have turned the TV off every once in a while, turned the the noise off, and just filled your home with songs and worship? Anybody done that? Three of us? Okay, cool. Um, I know you not everyone raises their hand for everything but it it really has blessed us it's been so cool matter of fact I was here last night and I came home and worship is playing when I walk through there's candles lit and I'm like oh this is cool and and a little bit earlier in the evening when it was just me and Jojo and Jenny had left and and me and Jojo were worshiping together and it's just it's just creates just this this real sense of peace and this grace in our homes when we begin to change the sound, change the atmosphere, choose a different ethos, right? And so we've been encouraging you guys to do that. And I believe as we as we clear space for that, if we make space, more room for God in our life, we'll actually begin to experience hope, re- renewed hope, renewed strength, renewed vitality. And, and I believe all of that comes from the presence of God. And when you make room, matter of fact, I remember one time I was... Uh, uh, I love how God answers us in prayer, and and I remember one time I was I was crying, I was praying, I was like, God, I just want more of Your presence. I want more of Your presence. I want more, and I I kind of felt like the Lord was like starting to get a little irritated with my prayer. I know y'all don't ever feel that, but uh, uh, and 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 this is this is what I heard. I felt like the Lord put on my heart. He said, Son, it's easy. If you want more of my presence, give me more of yours. Draw close to God, and He'll draw close to you. Sometimes we we overcomplicate it, but the truth is if we want more of God's presence in our life, we just have to give him more of ours. We have to learn to become present to God. Pre- does that make sense? Um, so I, I love the way our rabbi teaches. Now I've I've showed you John 13, 13. In case you've never read that or memorized that verse, you can memorize it today. We're talking about memorizing scripture. John 13, 13. You can get this one today. Jesus said to his disciples, you call me rabbi and lord, and you say rightly, because I am. All right, that's an easy one. John 13, 13. You call me rabbi, you call me lord, you say rightly, because I am. So Jesus is a rabbi, and I love the way that Jesus teaches. On Wednesday night, we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, and man, that's been so amazing. But Matthew five, Matthew chapter six, and Matthew chapter seven are Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. In that sermon, Jesus does this rabbinical way of teaching, as he creates two points of tension, and then and the truth exists between those. I'll show it to you. In Matthew, he says. Um, Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Isn't that good? Wow. Sounds like there's a part for us to play, right? If you don't ask, James says you don't receive. If you don't seek, you don't find. And if you don't knock, no door's open. So there's a part we have to play. We have to ask. We have to seek. We have to knock. God gives you the green light. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. But can I, can I show you how he messes with us? Because some things you can't seek and find. I know uh, I've got your attention. Some things you can't seek and find. Some things are secondary consequences to seeking something else. I'll show it to you. Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. So, you know, one of the things I see people do, have, how many of you guys have ever saw people seeking happiness? Do you know that's one thing the Bible never tells you to seek? Because you can't seek happiness and find happiness. When you seek happiness, all you end up with is is consequences and pain and misery and emptiness because happiness isn't found by seeking happiness. Happiness is actually a secondary consequence to not seeking it but seeking him. So some things you can't seek and find, some things you have to seek him, and then they just they just get tagged in on the train. As you're seeking him, boom, happiness just starts chugging behind you. It's so good. so good. Um, You know, one of those things, uh, this is a little side note for me, but I've watched this. I've I've been in, uh, I told someone I started preaching when I was 18 years old. I had no business preaching at 18 years old. Only angels and God know how much heresy I have preached in my lifetime. (laughs) This is not going to be one of those days, okay? So we're just take a deep breath. You can let down your your filter. It's it's. I don't think today is going to be one of those days. But there, I, I have been a part of a lot of discussions. And one of the things, and this is a side note, this is not part of my message. This is free. This is an appetizer along the way. Um, if this worries you, write it down. But so many people have lived their life looking for their purpose. And I actually don't think maybe, all right, I don't know if you can find your purpose by looking for it. I think you find your purpose by looking for Him. I think it's like the Matthew 6.33 thing, and it's like happiness. It's not something you seek and find. You seek Him and it gets added. How many people have you know, do I know, who have spent their whole life worrying, fretting, fearing, they're going to miss it. They're not going to do what God wants them to do. They live with this sense of uncertainty and unclarity in their life. Come on, it's a big deal. How many of y'all want to please the Lord? You want to do what God wants you to do. And there's a world who's told you, you just got to find your purpose and live it. But the problem is, sometimes I think it's a secondary consequence to seeking him. As you seek him, the, God will order your footsteps. He'll put you with the right people. He'll put you in the right places. As you say yes, as you yield, as you seek him, as you pursue him, as you chase after him, all of a sudden gifts begin to occur. A, a, a voice comes and says, this is what's on the inside of you. Listen, David wasn't worshiping Yahweh in the wilderness and, and over sheep thinking, one day somebody's going to hear me and I'm going to get a record deal. He was just worshiping in the wilderness and pouring out his heart to Yahweh. And it came before the ears of the king of the universe. And when he started looking for somebody after his own heart, he said, "Look, there's a guy over here. God knows where you're at. And I think the key to purpose, I think the world has sold us a lie. I don't think the key to purpose is looking for your purpose. I think the key for purpose is looking to him. Man. Reminds me of the story of John Cavanaugh, and I've shared this many times. Brennan Manning Manning records this in his book, Ruthless Trust, that there's this priest, John Cavanaugh, and he's traveled all the way from America to India to be with Mother Teresa, and and he's finally serving there in the house of the dying, and and, and finally he gets an alone minute with Mother Teresa, and she says, Son, how can I help you? How can I serve you? He says, Mother Teresa, I just want clarity. She says, "No. I will not pray that for you." He says, "Why?" She says, "Clarity is the last thing you're holding on to." He says, "But you've lived your life with such clarity." She says, "I've never lived with clarity. I lived with trust. I pray you learn to trust God." Wow, I pray you learn. To trust God. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace because his mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. Again, a trust in the Lord. Man. Now, this word here is so cool. Um, it, it is, if you read this in Hebrew, it would say, um, trust in the Lord. You know, it's this. God gives you Hebrew, shalom, shalom, double peace. English calls it perfect peace. Because if you got shalom, shalom, that's like perfect peace. And I love that so much. God promises us shalom, shalom, when when we keep our minds stayed on him. Now, I, I shared a little bit of this last week, I'm, uh, In you know, we've tried this actually a couple times this week because of the sermon, to get our dog to stay, stay, right? And there's a couple times he's done it. How, how many of you guys have ever seen, like, a really disciplined dog that knows how to stay, right? There was this one guy I knew who had this vicious Rottweiler. Oh, my goodness. It was the kind of, the kind when you ring the doorbell and that dog comes to the door, you're like, never mind. I don't want to come inside. But that dog was trained in like three different languages. And and he could tell that dog, stay. And he could do whatever. Matter of fact, there were times he would put a stake and and put it on the floor and just watch the dog sit there and drool and salivate. Stay. And it would not move until he gave it permission. Okay, it's yours. And then <laughs> Now, the truth is, you and I probably aren't disciplined enough to stay our minds like that, right? But, so, so, I love this. Watch this. You can see this on the screen. This is the first time this has ever happened in 29 years of preaching. I made a slide. <laughs> this is a new day. This is a new season. <laughs> so, the, the word stay there is the Hebrew word, somach, to lean, to lay, to lean in or against sustain. Look look at this. Refresh and revive. God says, I will give you shalom, shalom. When you learn to lean in, when you learn to lay back, when you learn to adjust. Doesn't this look like the word trust? To lean in, to lay. And then he follows it up by saying, trust in the Lord. So here's this word, and I love this, because you know what? We may not all be disciplined. How many of you guys, your mind just runs on all kinds of tracks? Y'all are going to leave me hanging no matter what I say today. Okay, it's cool. It's cool. Um, But some some of us, I I have literally met people who come to us for counseling with tears and say, man, I just can't get my mind to shut off. I want something I'm not supposed to have. Brent ever met any one of those guys? You know? Brent serves at Faith Home, man. I'm so proud of you, bro. And, man, he's, he's helping people every day of his life. Love it. So proud of you, man. Seriously. But a lot of times when we're dealing with people, right, who are so stu- they, c- they don't want to think about that anymore, right? Like, how do I get my mind to stop wanting what it doesn't supposed to have? That was terrible English, by the way. <laughs> do not judge me, Lorena. Uh, Jennifer? There's English people in the room. (laughs) Matter of fact, I was supposed to take English as my next course in college, and I said, "Ah, I don't really think I need that. (laughs) To stay. I'm better at Hebrew maybe than English. But the the word here, look at this, look at this. I want you, I want the rest. Come on. If there's a worry in your life, if there's a need in your life, there's a burden, I want you to write it down, okay? Because God wants you to rest, to lean in, to lay against, to lean back, and, and, and look at the consequence of this. Sustain comes, refreshing comes, revive begins to happen. Maybe we could connect to Scott's story. It, the dude just got thrown into a place and, and was laying there, and boom, he got back up, you know? And, and so I, I love this. Isaiah 26.3, if you'll keep your mind leaned in, laid in, laid upon, him, you'll have double peace, double peace. Um, So shalom is is something interesting. Shalom is something that's a second, you know how we were talking, I, I promise I'm gonna connect it. So remember how we were talking about some things you seek and you find and some things are secondary consequences. Shalom is both of those. Shalom is something you receive as a gift by trusting him and it's also something you seek and find. Over and over, the scriptures actually teach us to seek peace and pursue it. So if does God play tricks with us? Is God out there with a big old carrot in front of the donkey just trying to get you to chase what he'll never give you? No. If God tells you, if God tells you to seek peace and pursue it, queen, he's gonna, that means he's got a setup for you. It's coming into your life. So he's given you permission to seek, to pursue, to chase, because if you do it, you'll find it. Wow. So shalom is something that's a secondary consequence of seeking him, trusting, leaning, laying, trusting in him. Then double shalom comes into your life, and then it's also something you pursue, okay? You ready for this? This is from Psalm 34. This is a great, great portion of Scripture to memorize. Who is the man who desires life? Ah, anybody like that in the room. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. I think these scriptures serve as bookends or or the the starting block in the finish line for us to understand the ways of God. I've been praying a little bit about this phrase in Psalms it says that Israel knew God's acts but Moses knew God's ways. God doesn't want you to just know the act, he wants you to know his ways. He wants to teach you his ways. So I, I think this, this this is incredible. This is real stuff. This is good stuff. The starting block and the finish line. God wants to give you shalom, double shalom. And he says, it's a se- I believe it's a secondary consequence of seeking him, and it's something you're allowed to seek and pursue. And he has it. Already provided for you. This is good. You will keep him in double shalom because his, because his mind is laid in leaned in to you. Shalom. Here's the word double peace. You ready? Shalom is the word peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment, wholeness, healing, healthy relationships, completeness. Safety, well-being, unity, and oneness. Whoa! He wants to give it to you because you trust in him. <laughs> Shalom is both chosen and received. We have to choose peace. Look at your neighbor. And say, you got to choose peace. You got to choose peace over fear. You got to choose peace over strife. You have to choose peace over doubt. You have to choose peace over chaos. God changed my life. Listen to me, beloved. God changed my life when I realized if someone has the need to be in stress and strife and contention and fighting with me, it doesn't dictate my need to stay in it. The ride doesn't stop when they let me off. The ride stops when I choose to get off, when I choose to. God put an exit door. He said, listen, there is no temptation that has taken you such is common to me that God won't make an exit door, beloved. There's an exit door on every strife, on every tension, on every ill thing. God provides an exit door. There's an exit sign somewhere. You just got to find it. Ah, you can have peace. Listen, it doesn't matter how your boss treats you. It don't matter how your neighbors treat you. It don't matter how loud your annoying neighbor's dog barks. You can have peace, but you got to choose it. You, you got to pick it. You got to choose it. You got to move toward it. You got to seek it. You got to pursue it. And And I love this because so many people in the world are living totally stressed out. They have no peace. But how many of you guys remember the little thing, K-N-O-W, God, K-N-O-W, peace? Right? No God, no peace, no God, no peace. I should have made that a slide. (laughs) Um, But peace has to be chosen. Wow. You know, uh, we were actually talking about this on Wednesday night, and and Mayonda reminded us that Peter was actually on trial and that he was about to potentially be put to death. They had already killed James, and they had arrested Peter, and he's in a prison. And the Bible says the church was making prayer for him, and he's in a prison about to face his execution. And what is he doing? Wringing his hands, freaking out, crying. God, I can't believe he's asleep. That means, to me, God can give you peace no matter what you're going through. It's probably not as bad as Peter's night. And even if death is knocking at your door, you know what? God can give you peace in the middle of it. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Some people think, I will have peace when all my ducks are in a row. When my marriage is perfect and my spouse starts acting like they got some sense. When I have enough money to not have to worry anymore, or or my kids are wonderful and dance on rainbows and clouds. If I have all my wants fulfilled, all my desires and needs met, when my hair finally gets longer, when I finally lose weight, if my boss quits acting cray-cray, if I had nicer neighbors, nicer clothes, a nicer house, a bigger house, newer appliances, newer car, newer toys, more time, more vacations, more stuff, better money... You will actually delay and postpone your peace because you're waiting for something that, I'll just say it like this, none of that brings peace. Matthew 6, 27. Put that slide up there. This, this, this um, idiom in Aramaic and Hebrew has, has passed me my whole life. I, I never understood this. Today, we're going to get it together. This is so cool. You ready for this? Anybody ever heard, read this scripture before? I think we can memorize it. Don't you think we can? Man, before the end of the year, y'all going to know, like, the whole Bible. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? You know what cubit is in Aramaic? Cubit, yeah, I mean, it's like it doesn't help. So I'm like, what in the world, Miss Diane, is Jesus saying? Who can add one cubit to his stature by worrying? Right? Has anybody got the answer? One foot? <laughs> so the, 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 what he's after is stature, getting taller, getting higher, right? We can all agree with that. So he's saying, how, how do you get taller? By worrying. What? How do you make progress? How do you grow? How do you mature? How do you move up? By worrying. It don't happen that way. Worrying about everything will not cause you to grow. Worrying from everything will not cause you to have progress in your life. That's profound. That's going to hit you all about Thursday morning. Oh, my God. That's what it meant. I feel like it's my responsibility to worry about everything. And Jesus saying, yeah, but it won't bring any progress into your life. You can, you can try to skin that cat nine different ways. And by the way, who's skinning cats? Stay away from me. But we try to dissect and, and figure out every problem and figure if we could just, Jesus says, listen, listen, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. After that, all the Gentiles seek after that stuff. But you seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things. Will be added to you. Do not worry about tomorrow. Sufficient for today is the troubles thereof. You're, he's saying you can't make progress in your life by choosing to live a life of worry. Now, if I could sing, we would all stand up right now and sing, Don't Worry, Be Happy. <laughs> Philippians 4 6. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Peace that acts like a guard Peace that, that, that acts like the warrior at the door. Peace that's standing guard over my mind, over my emotions, over my affections, over my energy. see, the enemy wants to wear out your energy. You know what? I read something this week. Jenny alluded to it. This is, this is one of the statements. They, they did this poll about America, and I'm closing. I'm finding landing gears coming down. They, they polled America, and they said, post-COVID, how is america doing y- and you know you know what america you know what america said i'm just tired i'm exhausted how many of y'all feel that how many of you guys even recently made just said man i just i'm just tired i just want to i don't feel like going nowhere tonight i'm just going to. Put my pajamas on at four o'clock in the afternoon and <laughs> <laughs> America is exhausted. And Daniel, this is this, listen to this. Daniel, this is one of the tricks of the enemy. It says that the enemy will persecute the saints of the most high. You know what the word persecute there means? To chase, to wear down, to make tired or make weary. Mm. I feel like. I had so many cool slides. (laughs) I feel like God is wanting to recharge your batteries. He's wanting to renew your strength. The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord, watch this, will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. And not be weary, they shall walk and shall not faint. Would you right here, right now, just say, Lord, renew my strength. Lord, I want to mount up again. I want to run again. I want to walk again. And if you're watching online, just pray that prayer. Say, Father, I need you to renew my strength. I believe God wants to give us double peace because our minds are stayed on him. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, listen to this. I want you to hear God's word over you. I know the thoughts I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of shalom, wellness, wholeness, renewal, completeness, nothing broken, nothing missing. God says, I'm thinking thoughts of peace about you. And then I love what he says, not evil. Some of your hearts could just take a deep breath if you just give up this idea of God thinking evil about you. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They're peace, not evil. Matter of fact, the Bible says love does not think evil. So, right here, right now, I had this sense today that people would be carrying burdens. Man, wish I had all afternoon. Worrying about tomorrow, beloved, only robs you of today. It will rob you of your today. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, it steals the very present moment from you. It keeps you divided on the inside and distracted from the good. Jesus actually taught that the cares of life will surround, crowd in, and choke out the word of God in our life. We have to clear space. Are you focused on the problem? Are you focused on the promise? Because I feel like there's a grace that's settling in, like a dew on Mount Hermon, to give you grace to trust again, to give you grace to believe, to give you grace to dare to dream again, to get out of, of this fatigue and this fog and this this this. Tiredness and this this weight, this heaviness that we've been carrying. Maybe every one of us in this room, and certainly it's been true for most of America. But I feel like got like Neil was saying, we're singing. It's time to awake. It's time to arise. It's time to to shine again. It's time to believe again. It's time to choose courage. It's time to hope again. It's time to believe for the city to change. God needs us to awaken again. And the way that we do that is by actually learning to rest in Him. Wow. Wow. My prayer for you, beloved is God gives you double peace. This is what I feel might be a word. I want you to receive this today. Galatians 6, 9, it says, Do not grow weary while doing good, because in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Ah, come on. There's a harvest in your future. God's going to reward you. God's going to bless you. God's been watching. Come on. God has a harvest in mind for you. He's thinking shalom for you. He wants to refresh, revive, renew, awaken, sustain, bring peace, double peace, perfect peace into your life because you trust him. Ah, man. Bless are the peacemakers they are sons and daughters of God. Has everybody got your paper? Everybody got your paper? Did you write anything on it? You know what? If you didn't write anything on it, it's okay, because sometimes we don't even know what's stealing our joy, robbing our peace, messing with us, do we? Anybody ever got ready to pray and said, I don't know how to put my finger on what's happening right now, right? One person, cool. I remember one, one thing I love about the Holy Spirit in Romans 8.26, it says, we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which words cannot express. And he that searches the minds knows what the will of God. He knows what's going on inside you. And he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of Almighty God. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to put our finger on it. But God knows. So I want to ask you to do something. Would you stand with me today? If you wrote something on that paper or you didn't, we're going to do something today. I believe this is going to be a prophetic act, okay? This is going to be just this, why did he tell Naaman to tip in the river seven times? I don't know, but it worked. Why did he tell a blind guy to go wash in a pool? I don't know, but it worked. It seems like the last thing you would tell a blind person to do is go somewhere else. So sometimes these little moments may feel like, do you remember what Naaman said? That nasty river. I got better rivers at the hunting lodge. I got better rivers where I didn't come here to get in that nasty water. He said, Listen, if God asked you to do something hard, you would have done it. How much more when he asked you to do something easy? So I believe as a church, we're going to begin to make these these moments where we say yes, and these moments where we learn to let go, and these moments where we decide to trust. And so today, man, if you got that piece of paper, this is my question. This is what I felt like the Lord wanted to do today. Are you a caster? Are you a carrier? Are you a caster? Are you a carrier? This is what I felt Holy Spirit wanted me to say. Donkeys and camels were made for burdens. You were made for renewal. You weren't made to carry all that. It'll rob you of your joy. It'll rob you of your peace. It'll rob you of your renewal. It'll rob you of the present day. It'll rob you of tomorrow. Worry is, is tearing at our joy. And I feel like God wants to restore the joy of your salvation. He wants to restore double peace to you. Ah. So, if you got those needs, that's empty, it's blank, whatever, you got that piece of paper in your hand, I want you to do something. I want you to take it and I want you to just crumble it up right now. Man, this beautiful sound. Come on. You weren't meant to carry that. Do you feel it? Come on, let it go. Don't let it just be words on a paper. Let it represent all the cares, all the concerns, all the needs, all the worries. Just let it, just let it transfer right now. Let it leave your heart because it's about to leave your life, okay? Let it leave your heart because it's about to leave your life. Over and over, we've heard people say, I brought my knee to the altar and then I picked it up and took it home. You're not doing that today. On the count of three, you might have to get out of your seat. You might have to get down the aisle. You might have to shove somebody, tell them to get out of your way. But I want you to get down here, and we're going to throw these things at the altar, and you're going to turn around, and you're going to leave it. Is that all right? I said, is that all right? Anybody ready for double peace? Anybody ready to trust the Lord this morning? Anybody ready to let go of what's stealing your joy and stealing your peace and keeping you tired and keeping you angry and keeping you up at night? Some people, man, they, they don't know how to rest. They don't know how to trust. They live with ulcers in their stomach, bags under their eyes, and burdens on their souls. But today, I feel like God wants to give a divine release. He wants to let you come out from under that burden. Are you ready? You got it? On the count of three, I want you to come and just throw it and go back to your seat. Are you ready? One, this is your moment. Come on, choose to let it go. Two, you're not going to pick it up. You're going to leave it at the altar. Three, come on, throw it, throw it. Come on, just receive his peace. Receive his peace. Let it go. Come on, let it go let it go come on Jesus let it go how I proved come on just receive this peace receive this peace let it go Jesus oh, I feel something happening in the room let it go Trust Say, Father, I'm leaving it with you. I'm not taking it home today. I leave that need in your hands. I leave it with you today, Allah. I leave it with you today, Allah. I, I trust in Him. How I've proved him more. And, oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, just receive His peace. Double shalom grace to trust would you just pray this prayer with me Father I let it go I believe you want to renew my strength I believe you want to restore my joy I believe you're thinking thoughts of shalom towards me God, you said that I could cast all my cares on you because you care for me. I've taken you at your word today, God. I've written my needs down, and I've left them at the altar with you. And so today, I'm going to walk out of here feeling like a thousand pounds have just been taken off of my back because God cares for me. He cares for me. Beloved, He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. Say, Father, I receive shalom, shalom today. Perfect peace. Because I've chosen to trust you. This is how God commanded his servants to bless his people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. God says, Then I will bless my people. Man, you don't know what's happening right now. I feel like some emotional healing is happening right now. Some people, you felt like every time you tried to get energy, you felt like there was something just draining your energy. There was something just robbing you of your strength, and you tried to wake up, and it was like you just got more tired and more tired as the day went on, and I'm just telling you right now, that's over with. God's healing the thief of your energy and your joy. He's fixing the leak in your boat, beloved. Doesn't it feel good to be loved by God? There's nobody like him. I love you. Thank you for being a part of our life. I wish you shalom, shalom. In Jesus' name.